Hello, hello, Jaima, Jaima Yomis. It is Raquel. Welcome to Your Own Magic, the podcast, a soul expanding and mind altering podcast. And the intention of the podcast is self explanatory to help you explore and unleash your own magic as the podcast has changed over the years. And we encourage all listeners to unabashedly embrace all of who you are the soul the human, the mystic, the intellect, the light, the mess, the integration of the mind, body, and spirit, and Euromagic continues to share messages from visionaries, artists, authors, guides, healers, entrepreneurs, and myself, all of who may help strengthen your vision in the unfolding of your own magic. And we have another divine message from a magic soul on this podcast. So first, I want to point out my stuffiness. I just have a cold, just a simple common cold. When my parents arrived last week, my dad caught a cold somehow and somewhere along their road trip to California and passed it on to me. I got tested for COVID though, and that came out negative. Thank goddess. I'm so happy about that. And my intention was to record an episode, but due to the stuffiness and myself having to cough every other sentence, I figured, you know what, let's save their ears, save my vocals, and in divine time, the solo, which honestly might be super long because there's more things I want to add as the days go on, will release in divine time. But when I was thinking about which episode I wanted to reshelf for today, I went back to the classics and to perhaps one of my all-time favorites. Actually, not even perhaps, definitely one of my all-time favorites, which I released on October 29th, 2018, an episode recorded with my dear friend, dear soul fam, Ainsley McLeod. And I'll leave that intro I recorded about him so you can hear about him if you don't know who he is already. I'll leave that in this episode. And this episode, like this podcast, is very much for the old soul, but to perhaps help you remember, I would not be surprised whatsoever. It's so interesting to reflect back on this piece. And I remember working on certain things once he shared something so I could just release it. And it was simply just the knowing of that experience gave me permission to just release it. But of course, there are still other traumas that I still work on, whether it's from a past life or honestly this life as well. But we're human. We all carry these shadows. And I think it is always healing to hear the words of, a teacher divinely guided to share and heal and help the course of the old soul on this earth school. <laughs> also, this episode is sponsored by Thrive Cosmetics, which I'm telling you right now because, you know, they've been sponsoring almost every episode for the past month. And if you have not tried their mascara at least, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I love it so much and so I highly recommend it. And to listen to the amazing company Thrive is very in alignment with the conscious companies I prefer to share. And we also have a new sponsor, Newcom, which was very exciting to receive as I had actually been curious about Newcom for a while and to be honest I want to test it out on my parents so 
perhaps I'll give them a chance to try it out as well. But more on both Thrive Cosmetics and Newcom later on in this episode. And I thought this review by Maki Emma was very related to the piece today, the episode today. And she said, or he or they said, whenever I listen to an episode, it's like being around a very dear friend. It's listened to with ease and is soul comforting. I swear I always feel so aligned and connected to the topics Raquel and her guests talk about in some way, shape, or form, and I have learned and expanded so much. I truly look forward to this podcast every week. We are all on our journeys, and this podcast is like the dear friend that is walking the journey with you. Thank you so much for sharing your magic. This is exactly the purpose of this podcast, and it makes me so happy. Yes, we're all connected in some way, shape, or form. Your own magic definitely attracts the old soul. And I think this will be a fun episode for listeners who never listened to this episode before because they might be newly introduced to the podcast. We have new listeners on a daily basis, and so this episode is also for you. So I hope that this connects. I wish that I recorded, I could record a solo. I could, but I've been coughing after every sentence, and I'm very nasally and stuffy. You know, this is an audio podcast and it's everlasting. I'm excited to share another solo when my body heals and I'm excited to share something soon. All right, let's time travel back to 2018 when this episode first aired and I hope you enjoy this magical classic episode. a fear of something happening it's not because your soul's looking forward and saying oh my gosh this you know this thing coming up and it could be a disaster what it's doing is looking at circumstances or something's triggered a memory and it looks back to previous lifetimes it looks for something that's analogous to what's happening and then has a it, it triggers a fear response the soul Deep down, isn't, it has no fear, but it carries the fears, it carries the memories, and then that shows up. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's Raquel. And uh, wow. <laughs> This interview you are about to hear is not so much of an interview, but really a message and a reminder for your soul, for our soul, that our souls deserve to hear, which, well, whether you're a skeptic or you're open to all messages beyond the physical, I am beyond honored and excited to introduce you to Ainsley McLeod, as I have absolutely no doubt that something will resonate deep when you hear these words. Ainsley is oh, a force of this earth as he communicates with the spirit world daily. 
Yep, he does. And to be honest, though, you know, I am very woo-woo. And of course, I, I'm always open for all to share their message and their magic. And I listen. Obviously, I don't always believe what every psychic or self-proclaimed spirit guide human guide has to say. In fact, when it comes to actual psychics and mediums, I can only think of half a handful who I really have resonated with because my gut is telling me this is truth. And I, when I heard and read Ainsley's message, I had to reach out because I just had this feeling, especially after his book and listening to his interview on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Have you heard of her? her podcasts, Super Soul Sunday podcasts, and I have no doubt in any fiber of my being that the messages delivered to and through Ainsley are true and from the spirit world. And listen for yourself and see what resonates as Ainsley McLeod, well, Ainsley, he calls himself a reluctant psychic as he didn't ask for them to come, you will hear his story in this episode, and there are many synchronicities that we share, but what really stands out about Ainsley and his message is what he unveils about the life plan of our soul that was created before we even came into this human suit, perhaps over 120 lifetimes ago too. (laughs) There are 10 soul ages that Ainsley reveals, which Actually, it is more complex than just 10, but for the purposes of human comprehension and clarity, the spirit guides divided it into 10 levels for us, because we seem to like everything to be divisible by 10. So younger soul ages are 1 through 5, and older, 6 through 10. And if you haven't listened to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast episode with Ainsley, which I highly recommend... That you pause this and listen to it before or right after this episode or read his book that I just couldn't put down, which is the instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, as Ainsley talks about soul ages and how they shape our beliefs and behaviors in this life and also spills Oprah's soul is pretty old. In this episode, he tells me my soul age and I didn't realize that I was that old, but at the same time, something I always kind of knew deep down, given my very unconventional path (laughs) and heart. If you read or even skim through the book, you may get an idea how old your soul is as he elaborates on each age and perhaps your parents' age and your friend's age and your sibling's age. It's so interesting and, you know, so much is revealed and exposed in this episode too. Also, my soul's challenges in this life, and when he told me about all this, like my deepest fear and insecurities and the patterns in life that I go through, I was like, whoa, how could anyone even know this? And two, it all makes sense given the past life that I have had and why I share the messages that I do. We also talk about my soul types which reveal the true self and when you know your soul type it gives you a sense of your soul's purpose and mission in this life along with your talents and your powers but here in this intro I'll just I'll tell you about each for a little bit sum them up Uh, your soul type 
You may be a helper if you're dedicated to service and perhaps living by a stoic philosophy or a caregiver who they are dedicated to nurturing us all and just very loyal and an educator here to teach and are quite eloquent or a thinker which they love to learn and soak up knowledge and can be very rational or a creator which create surprise surprise and are very idealistic and there's a performer who are great at communication and they're very passionate and love an audience they're often actors or podcasters (laughs) and then hunters are very determined and they seek a lot of activity and leaders they are wise and charismatic and very independent as they have a hard time being led by anyone and transformers that are here to bring awareness to unity and inspire and love and of course spiritualists which most of you probably are as someone here who loves to expand and improve their selves and their soul and very compassionate and into take a guess spirituality so there you have it We all have a primary and secondary soul type influence. We all kind of have a little bit of all of them, but we are more dominant in some of them, but we are more focused on valuing some of them. And those of you who have listened to this podcast for a long time know me and know my soul and probably already know. So you could probably take a guess which ones I am. And if you want to find out your type or soul age, he does have a soul type quiz on ainsleymcleod.com but also he encourages you to get into a meditative state and then ask call upon your spirit guides so ask them i call upon my spirit guides acting in my highest interest to help me manifest my soul type or soul age and allow me to live the life my soul intended and don't forget to always 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 finish by thanking your spirit guides and then to let them know session is over but this session into the soul world with Ainsley McLeod is just beginning as a podcast that is only a year old I feel like my journey with you dear listener our soul journey as a soul family together has really just begun too and one of my ways to really pay gratitude to you is to shout out a Yomi with their yummy review of the week and this one goes to rocky a galaxy of stars podcast review i love that (laughs) absolute magic such gratitude for the vast cascading knowledge wisdom tools and ways to heal and cope that can be gathered from the show beautifully endless each episode holds its own magic its own potential to shift your perception and life flowing from different human beings everyone who has been on this podcast has a unique way to expand your consciousness my heart and soul are so thankful to all raquel always inspiring open and inviting in more and more souls to come back to truth i am so happy to be able to share this magic with my friends and family oh rocky thank you (laughs) thank you rocky that's truly The intention of this podcast is just to simply, well, bring us back to our soul and listen to truths that resonate with us as all beings bring different tools and tricks that gives us 
different insights into our lives. And all that we hear is just an invitation to learn more about ourselves and humans, whether we resonate with them or not. And that's why it's so great to have a vast pool of people. So thank you so much, Rocky. So thankful for your review. And thank you for introducing this to your friends and family. Also, by the way, side note, my nickname is Rocky. (laughs) Something that none of the guests have ever called me, so you wouldn't know. But please email me at hello at yourownmagic.life so I can submit you for the $150 Hum Nutrition giveaway, which by the way, those who leave a rating review are entered because obviously that's a thank you to you and obviously incentive for ratings because it really does help bring the podcast to more ears, to more humans. Also, Hum is sponsoring this episode, which you'll hear about in a short break. So, thank you so much for listening to this intro. But now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Ainsley McLeod. Ainsley. Thank you so much again for being here with me today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's great to get the chance to talk with you. Oh, it's such an honor, seriously. And I'm also so ready to be taken on a journey to the soul world with Mm. you today. Let let me take you there. (laughs) Yes. And I first actually heard your message, uh, well, and the message from your spirit guides just only a few months ago, I think it was three months ago on my last day in London. And uh, the day that I left, I just put you in the back pocket of my mind and I first downloaded the instruction on my Kindle. And then I traveled more of the UK with the attention of, you know, reading it someday, but I didn't quite get into it or I didn't open it up yet. And then the first day in Scotland on this shaman retreat in the Highlands, I was just having a restless night for whatever reason and your book kept popping in the forefront of my mind. And I I did not know that you were from Scotland. So when I read that, and I started reading, you were from Scotland. I had chills and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And so I just stayed up that night reading so much of it. And it felt like, I don't know, the, the pages were glowing gold or something. There was so much truth and I had chills all over my body. Oh, and so I'm wonderful. so excited to bring this to my audience. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, get more of the, the message out. Yes, yes. And... First, I'm sure that they would be very curious to know how and when did you realize you were psychic? Well, I I talk about this a lot because I had really two major epiphanies or or moments. I went for years. Actually, I lived in London for 15 years after I left Scotland. Whoa. Before coming to the States. And and so I had this weird thing where uh, psychics would keep telling me that I was psychic and I should be doing something with it. And it's only it was it was really only after I started doing this sort of work, so I'd look back on my past and realize that all these things that I just put down to just weird occurrences were actually kind of psychic moments. And for, you know, for various reasons, I, I was so stuck in being an atheist and non-believer, uh, yet strangely drawn to, to psychics, uh, they were drawn to me, <laughs> that, you know, it was really difficult for me to embrace that idea to, to begin with. So I had I had things like, you know, psychics coming up to me in public places, you know, in a pub or or something and saying, you know, my spirit guides tell me you're psychic and you should be, you know, 
should be your career. And I'm going, oh, right, sure, you know. There's a lot of crazies around here. And so <laughs> it was finally, I was I was actually, uh, I moved from the East Coast of the States to the West Coast. And it was my first night there that I actually heard the voice of a psychic from about 10 years earlier, from long before I left the UK, who had said to me, you're going to end up in California. And I complained. I, I said, oh, gosh, went there once, didn't like it. Uh, he said, there's nothing you can do about it, nothing. And so, and that voice actually came, um, not in my head, but sort of in the room on my first night in California. And it was like, well, <laughs> this really got my attention. And the next day I went to a metaphysical bookstore and I just loaded up with stuff. I went, okay, I, I need to figure this out. How can a psychic from like 10 years before know that I'm, I'm going to end up here? You know, what's what's the mechanism? And then the, the other thing was probably about six months later, I took a trip to Hawaii and I was in uh, Borders Bookstore book in Lahui. And I had this visitation from my deceased uncle. And he'd been dead at that point for about 10 years, but he appeared just to kind of like a foot or two away from my uh, right-hand side. And he was just there for a second with a really clear message about wanting to work with me. and. That was like the day after I'd had a reading with somebody who had said, you know, your your uncle's here. He's a spirit guide. He wants to work with you. And I'm going, I have no idea really how to start. And But it really got my attention. And, uh, you know, it was a clear message about, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So a couple of weeks later, I was back in the mainland and I, I just gave it a go and discovered that I could communicate with the other side. And it was <laughs> it was slow going. I mean, it's like, you know, I really can do now in five minutes what would take me an hour to do uh, wow. back then. It was very, you know, I was, I was really, I mean, my first few, few times trying to talk to the other side, it was like, I liken it to, you know, if you're trying to listen to the radio and it's really off the station, it keeps going kind of in and out. It was like that. But, you know, it's like anything, if you do it long enough, you keep practicing, keep working at it, yeah. it becomes easier. And I actually spent about three years just developing my ability to connect with the other side before I ever really read for anybody. Maybe I read really? a couple of people, but I, uh, you know, I, I was very nervous about going out into the world and getting things wrong or, uh, you know, screwing up somebody's no life by, by, you know, getting the wrong message or misinterpreting something. So I, I, I was kind of maybe a little, well, according to my spirit guides, very overcautious, you know, I should have been doing it wow. a little bit before, but, uh, yeah, so that's really how I how I got started, and right now I've been uh, working with the I have spirit guides on the other side. I've been working with them for twenty years, roughly. I was about to ask, wow, how long ago was it when you saw your uncle in Kauai? Uh, that was ninety seven. Whoa, yeah. I was seven. And... Wow, what is it about Kauai? I lived there. Last year, bleeding into this year, and also like Bali, I just felt them everywhere. I felt them. Yeah. Uh, some felt lighter than others that would come to the house, and sometimes they'd. I thought that they would wake me up at night, and I'd wake up my roommate. But also Scotland, I, that was the first time in a long time I actually like heard a voice too. Um, yeah. Are there just certain places in the world where people are more sensitive to connecting yeah. with the spirits? Yeah, there are just certain places. And, uh, of course, generally, if you're trying to connect with the other side, you want to have some tranquility, which is why, you oh. know, I got a lot of stuff, um, 
I seem to download a lot of things when I was on a beach in in Kauai, a secret beach. I was going there, and I was yes. sometimes the only person there, and I just found the, the connection was just, uh, it was superb, you know, and um uh, Scotland, parts of Scotland, absolutely. But there, there are places. I mean, we 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 tend to, or old souls tend to, pick up the energy. They tend to know that there are certain places that feel a little bit lighter. You feel more connected, and other places that just don't. Oh my gosh, my heart right now. I can't wait to also talk about soul ages. And you were a skeptic atheist, so um, yeah. how level ten of you? <laughs> Oh, I know. It really is. Actually, it's a funny thing. You know, people think that, you know, if you're a, a non-believer, you know, an atheist, that you're probably a young soul. But actually, no, it tends to be the very old souls. The problem is uh, that as the soul ages, it tends to reject conventional religion uh, in favor of something that's more spiritual. But what it will often do is throw the spiritual baby out with the religious bathwater. And, you know, so I, I was, you know, typical uh, of that sort of person. I mean, the, the universe really had to get my, well, struggle hard to get my attention. Really got your attention. And then do you think that it was your uncle that was really the catalyst to being like, whoa, he was okay. The big catalyst, yeah. And he was an atheist as well, you know, which was why wow. I would tell psychics who would say, they'd say, oh, your uncle John is a, is a spirit guy. And I'd go, yeah, everybody's got an uncle John. And, you know, and he, he's well, the last yeah. person I would think of. But, you know, <laughs> once you're on the other side, you know, you're you're back to spirit again. Yeah, you're asking about soul ages. I mean, this is a fascinating aspect of uh, you know, what what I've you know learned to to read in people is to tell how old your soul is to get a sense of how how long you've been going back and forth between this plane and the next, uh, how many lives you've had, and that's the soul ages. You know, a lot of things change. It's it's like growing up uh, from childhood to becoming an adult. And uh, the people I work with are generally not just old souls, but they're very old souls. Uh, and I, if you would like, I would love to tell you um, absolutely about the age of your soul. I'm um, so open. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited because I did a a little reading, and of course, we haven't we haven't dis discussed any of this yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd be very interested to to hear what your thoughts are. So yeah. You're actually a little bit older than most of my clients. There are 10 levels in all that take you through, for the average person, maybe 120 lifetimes. Uh, so you have multiple lifetimes at each of these 10 levels. And uh, most of my clients are somewhere between level 7 and level 10. Uh, younger souls who are, young souls are up to, from, from level 1 up to f the end of 5. And then there's a kind of flip that goes on. It's where you... Uh, develop a greater ability for introspection. It's like your whole focus changes. So I, I never get young souls coming to me. They're just not interested in doing this kind right. of work. So, of course, I'm reading people who are more sort of seven, eight, nine, and ten. Uh, you're but that actually, doesn't make them any better or worse than it's just their no, age. It's just, it's just, I, I always say that because I think there's a tendency to feel like, you know, superior. You know, superior, if you, exactly, yeah. if you're a really old soul. And but you know it just you are what you are and you have uh, you have no yeah. control over that you know you're you, you yeah. know it's just like being any age you know there's nothing much you can you can do about it it's just that's what you yeah. are um, and it is important to remember that young souls sometimes act in ways that old souls wouldn't and you know like a, like with a child you wouldn't 
necessarily judge them, but at the same time, he wouldn't necessarily condone the behavior if it's um, not good for them or, or everyone else. So yeah. getting back to you, you are right up towards the end. You are, in spiritual terms, a senior citizen. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you are level 10, and you're actually 80% what? into it, which, which implies that that could be your last life. You'll never actually know if you're on your last life until you process this on the astral plane when you're when you've completed the life because it's only then that you can process and really understand how successful the life was and whether you learned all the lessons you set out to learn and if you have to come back so uh, we don't know for sure you can't tell but um, it could be your last life and maybe you got one or two after this but you're you're reaching the end of a very long journey which I think is the most cosmic and exciting thing about this, because you've been going back and forth uh, from the physical plane to the astral plane uh, for now maybe could be six thousand years. It's been it's a long journey, and you're coming to the end of it. And you know, and I, I, there's so much I want to tell you. The marker of being such an old soul is so simple, because it's just acceptance of others. The having lifetimes where you've been in every kind of culture every society every uh, color skin every really every part of the world in all sorts of combinations um you know undergoing the you know the worst that life can offer and the best everything in between what it does is it it creates an acceptance of others because you you it allows you to see the soul uh beneath the surface and also to recognize that whatever anyone else is doing you've been there so you end up with this sort of feeling of like who cares whether you're black white gay straight or anything else it just these things just don't matter we're all souls uh yeah. under the skin so that greater level of acceptance is usually there from childhood because you know you're you maybe a child but you're still an old soul so and I, what I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few things about you. And if anything doesn't make sense, you let me know. Or if you want, everything is resonating it. right now. And I always wondered. Um, sometimes I think that this, you know, right after this, I will be helping people as I'm on the astral plane or the causal plane, helping people. That's yeah. so interesting. Well, you, wow, helping people is a really big part of why you're here. Yeah, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, you're eighty percent into your soul age and everybody at every level uh even if you're even if you're a very young soul at 80 percent, you're trying to heal issues around rejection and rejection comes from feelings of abandonment in past lives and then it shows up in different ways in this life but one of the most common things or common ways that people will try to overcome uh, the soul will try to get you to overcome anyway this fear is by being a uniter, bringing people together. And I think that's really probably a major reason that we're, we're doing this right now. It would be a, a, a huge motivation uh, for you to be the uniter, bring people to, together. So what I wanted to do is uh, tell you about a past life. Please. That you had. It's a most recent past life and how this is showing up uh, in this life and again if if anything doesn't make sense let me know and if anything you want to explore tell me 
but so far I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the, when I explore past lives, I mean, I think most people are familiar with regression and where you, you someone will relax you and take you into a past life. And then by finding what happened, particularly traumatic events in the past life, it initiates healing. Or what I found years ago when I first started doing readings for people is that I was far too impatient to do regressions all the time. I mean, to, to spend 20 minutes relaxing somebody and then waiting patiently while they struggle to figure out the past life. Yeah. I, I just... After doing that maybe two or three times, I went, this cannot be my career. And so uh, what, I, what I did, I just, I just started telling people because I'm getting it. You know, I'm just, I'm talking to spirit guides and you don't need a lot of detail usually, you know, just a few things. And then you can extrapolate and you can get the, the healing. Um, so I just got a little bit about this past life of yours and I want to tell you about it. And then I'm going to tell you some of the very, what I would consider to be obvious ways that this would then show up in this life because we're hugely influenced by our past lives. And in fact, I, I maintain that you, you can't know, you can't fully understand who you are if you don't understand who you were. I mean, the influence of past lives all the time, you know, I feel with almost with every passing day, I become more and more convinced that everything, everything about we humans is past life related. So what I'll do is I'll give you a little bit about your past life and then I'll show you the, like I say, the connections. We want to draw dotted lines between past and present. So you were, you were a, a guy, you were African, you were, uh, you grew up in South Africa in the time of apartheid and you were, you belonged to some African organization, one of the sort of band organizations under apartheid uh you ended up being arrested i i think there's some other people arrested at the same time i have a feeling it was mostly trumped up charges because i think there's a there's an element here uh of false judgment uh and i'll look i'll look at that i'll talk to you about that after um but you actually died in prison after a period of solitary confinement and sometimes when there's extreme isolation in a past life this is where you get this uh, issue around rejection uh, and you also well you were executed you were you were hanged and hanging is uh, is so significant because it shows up in all sorts of different ways in future lifetimes um, and certainly the soul's feeling at the time of death was that you were abandoned by a system, you were let down, and that would show up in, in certain ways in this life. But hanging, almost always when somebody's been hanged, they're then working on self-expression issues in future lifetimes. It's about the throat chakra and learning to speak your truth and really say what's on your mind without kind of holding back. Uh, and I think that may be, again, related to the kind of work that you're doing right now. The other thing is, and it came up, something Spirit Guides talked about, is that your motivation to get involved in the organization you were in back in South Africa was to help others. And this is what I 
write about, it's also altruism. It's a selflessness that comes from that thing I was talking about, how you you see the soul in others. So it's not just about you're making sure you have a good life, but it's in trying to better things for other people. And that's come into this life as well, because the life that you had was short. You didn't get the chance to do what you were meant to do. And the motivation then in this life is to influence others and to help them. You're not doing it for the money. You're, not, you're, you're doing it because you, know, you really, really want to help other people. There's also another thing about being such an old soul is that you want to go out with a little bit of a bang. You know, you want to, you want to feel like you get to the end of this life or, or you're processing it on the other side going, wow, I really made a difference here. The world's a much better place for, for my having been here. So they, wow. that, that's a big part of where that motivation uh, comes from. Then there's the whole thing of being held in prison and, and especially when it's associated with death. It creates what's called a past life fear of powerlessness. And it comes from being in a situation where you have no control over your destiny, like other people are choosing when you wake up, when you eat, uh, and you know, also choosing when you die. And what it does in this life is it gives you a kind of exaggerated need for freedom, personal freedom. And because you were held in solitary confinement, in darkness, then... I think this probably would even go to your, your choice of location right now to be in a sunny place. Uh, but almost always, uh, well, invariably, if someone's been held in prison for a long period of time, uh, in the next few lifetimes, they really want to experience the wind in their hair. They want to uh, be outdoors, um, you know, feel the, the warmth of the sun and all that sort of thing that the soul would have really missed while uh while they were locked up. Is this making sense? Uh, I'm stunned right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, can I Absolutely. tell you something else? Yes, <laughs> but, yes. But wait, there's, there's more. Oh my um, gosh. Part of what you're trying to do, like I said, is build unity. And the spirit guides describe it as trying to build a movement. That you're, you know, the... This, the deep soul level urge is to, like I say, unite, but it's like create something that um, has a force of its own. So this would be very interesting to see where this takes you in the future, uh, because that that desire is not going to go away. In, in fact, anything but it will. It'll keep getting stronger. Wow. So that, in a nutshell, is your your past life in Pretoria and. South Africa and some of the ways that it's showing up. Oh, another, but yes, yes there's more. I love um, it. Like I said, it's a short life. You're pretty young when you died. I get the sense of being maybe 25, 27. And you had a whole lot more to do. Uh, now in this life, there's an underlying sense that there's lots to do. It, I expect it to put a, a lot of internal pressure. Like, you know, I've got to be moving forward and getting things done. Is that strong for you oh my yes oh <laughs> my yes and that like weighs on me and i think it can be egoic sometimes but wow perhaps yeah the problem with it i write about this too in my first book in the instruction that it sometimes it, it's putting a lot of pressure to achieve things 
Um, but sometimes it can be a little headless chicken sort of thing, you know, running yeah. around. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have like a lot of going on. Yes. I feel like a headless chicken running around the world trying to figure yeah. out how to do this. <laughs> well, um, that's something we, we can certainly talk about. I've got another unique biohacking and mindfulness tool to share that I've been rather curious about. And I'll share my story of how I was initially introduced to Newcom. So last March in Sedona, right before the Euro Magic Retreat, my co-retreat host Bree and I were making friends with a stranger and talking to a woman while we were eating. And I noticed she had these blue and silver sticker light things laid out on the table. And I saw the word calm on it. So I was just curious, like what in the world is this? And she told me that it's something she uses to help with stress and meditation and I just laughed to myself thinking like how Sedona this was (laughs) but my curious nature could not help but feel inclined to do some research and find out more about what these sticker like things do (laughs) I feel very blessed right now to have Newcom as a Euromagic sponsor to share their magic for those who love to use tools like this as well or may resist meditation for whatever personal reason. And so Nucom, spelled N-U-C-A-L-M, is a neuroscience technology originally created to support people with post-traumatic stress disorder and addictive diseases. And Nucom addresses the brain circuitry in the limbic system, the hypothalamus, and the brainstem responsible for producing stress and anxiety. A new calm gets you into a deep transcendental meditative state. So no matter if you're just starting your mindfulness practice or you have been practicing meditation for years now, Newcom will allow you to make the most of your mindfulness sessions. The Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items. And of course, I have to share my experience. So personally, as a seasoned meditator, I want to say A, I appreciate the fact that for, well, as of January 18th when this episode releases, Newcom offers listeners 50% off, which is it's usually $60 for the month, but it's 50% off. So for $30, you can receive the new Calm equipment, a plushie blindfold, and their technology, which you place on your wrist. And I've done a variety of different meditations, usually without any equipment whatsoever. Again, full honest review. Of course, I feel like we can all get to those meditative states on our own. However, I'm also aware that not everybody is as extreme, so this may be beneficial to those that might find resistance with meditation because it really does accelerate the amount of time it takes to deepen to that state, decelerating your brain waves from beta frequencies to a more alpha and theta frequency where we allow our body to rest and heal and recover. I do appreciate that Newcom is gifting the Your Own Magic listeners 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom. So if this interests you, then we have a special link set up for the Yomis. We have a special link set up specifically for you. Go to magicnewcom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money back 
guarantee. The URL again is magic, you know how to spell magic, magic, N-U-C-A-L-M dot com. That's magic, N-U-C-A-L-M dot com. And enjoy the new experience. Well, the other thing about being hanged in a past life is that usually it creates discomfort with turtlenecks or uh, tight jewelry or in, or even loose jewelry, anything that hangs no on the neck. No way. Oh. oh my God, I have chills. <laughs> Recently, I wanted to wear this really cute that I made turtleneck, or not turtleneck, but a necklace that was tight around my neck. And I was wearing it for a bit and I just, it was almost like, I felt like I was wearing it to rebel. It was so weird, <laughs> like to rebel <laughs> against so something. Like I can wear this. But I didn't understand why. But that's so interesting you say this. Yeah, well, you know, actually it goes to some interesting thing, which is about how your soul always wants to get you to face your fears. Yeah. Um, one one other thing here, like I said, you're working on overcoming fears around self-expression. Um, that your, your political views and, and actions got you into trouble. So in this life, what you're having to do is learn that you're not going to die you're not you're not going to be executed if you um go out there and express your views um confidently uh but the tendency is for there to be like you know it's the soul trying to get you not to maybe reveal too much or hold back a little bit oh my gosh absolutely and also just not get into politics or anything political for whatever reason i'm so resistant to that yeah that's well that's why you're resistant Uh, and that's a really common thing but actually as of you know probably half an hour from now that's all going to change because what we're doing here is reminding your soul that that was then and this is now and that's actually the crux of how past life work actually works because the the problem is that you have these, let's say, 120 lifetimes, and you might be on life 119 right now, um, but your soul's on life number one. Your soul doesn't die between lives. So the problem it has is that it your soul always looks back. Uh, it's not, you know, when you've got a fear of something happening, it's not because your soul's looking forward and saying, oh my gosh, this, you know, this thing coming up and it could be a disaster. What it's doing is looking at circumstances or something has triggered a memory and it looks back to previous lifetimes. It looks for something that's analogous to what's happening and then has a, it, it triggers a fear response. The soul Deep down, isn't it has no fear, but it carries the fears, it carries the memories, and then that shows up. I'll, I'll give you a typical one here that I, I come across a lot. I think a, a lot of people would relate to this. Is that if you've been, let's say you had a past life where you were judged uh, for whatever reason. Let's say it's a court of law. Uh, you're you're judged, and then you're dragged out and executed. Then, in this life, if you Let's say you're at work and somebody asks you to give a presentation. Where your soul goes to is it goes back to the last time it faced a whole sea of people. And it goes, oh, my God, we're going to be judged. Therefore, we're going to die. And it's totally irrational. It's just, well, it's irrational until you understand how these (laughs) things work. 
yeah. that's why you can get such an exaggerated uh, fear, you know, total phobia uh, when it comes to things like public speaking or, uh, you know, you get people can go to pieces over t- being tested. It all goes back off into the same same kind of source. The great thing about doing past life work is that the uh, that the fears and the and the limitations that the past life impose on you tend to disappear pretty quickly. I mean, I get sometimes people heal in in the moment, and other times, you know, they'll report back that it took a few weeks or even a couple of months, and uh, but then suddenly they no longer have this problem. And uh, you know, as I've talked about in my books, uh, you know, I've worked with people's children and you know help them to overcome oh what a great age to do that (laughs) it's great it's really it's really you know it's very satisfying in fact what i do is i mean i don't work with the child i work with the parent tell them Mm -hmm. what happened they tell they tell the child there's a bedtime story and the next thing the, the the child's no longer getting night terrors or whatever is happening because it was tapping into that past life i am reminding my future self to bring my child to you (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh yeah i I do this all the time i have quite a few stories about that i actually um i was working with somebody uh uh, talking things happening very very quickly but uh you know i'm talking about how you were hanged and that usually shows up as throat issues sometimes it can even cause uh, thyroid issues it's all to do with the throat chakra and sometimes neck pain and very often if i find a a hanging in a past life the neck pain will go away excuse me if somebody's been if someone's been beheaded then it shows up usually most of the same symptoms except neck and shoulder pain it's just that little bit of a difference the way the body holds the, the the memory and so I was working with somebody, uh, and all my sessions are on the phone. So, you know, this person's on the other end of the phone, and uh, she, she's a well. I'm telling her about the past life where she ended up beheaded in revolutionary France, and uh, in the Reign of Terror. And uh, and I asked her you know, if, she, if she had any neck and shoulder pain, and she said, oh, "Yeah, 20, twenty years of chronic neck and shoulder pain." Doctors can't do anything about it. And she's a ballroom teacher, so a uh, dance teacher. So she she has to move around a lot and sort of, you know, look behind and so on. And uh, it was really affecting her quite badly. And the, the pain, 20 years of chronic pain, disappeared in the session and never came back. In fact, I, I, I gave a couple of talks where I, I told this story. And she was actually in the audience because I'd, I'd only ever spoken to her on the phone. And, and the first time she just puts her hand up and I think she's got a question. She's going, that was me. Oh my <laughs> and, gosh. That is, in, and, that's crazy. And literally she's saying oh. the pain, the pain went it just the moment her soul was reminded that it was a past life issue and oh, just went never, away. never came back. Wow. Yeah. It just knowing that shifts everything and releases it. it um, that's yeah. that's how you unblock it. When people ask, how do I unblock these fears? Go yeah, sometimes to... I'll be working with somebody. I'll tell them all this stuff and then they'll say, well, now, now what do I need to do? And it's like, well, actually, <laughs> I should have pointed it out. Uh, nothing really. <laughs> I have to say, 
it, it usually helps because what you, you're trying to do is remind the soul that, that was then, this is now. This is now. And so yeah. working through with, uh, with writing can really help as well. Really? I'm a huge fan of journaling because sometimes by, you know, I was talking about looking at a past life and drawing dotted lines to, to the present. The more you do that, the, the more it seems to remind the soul uh, that it's nothing it needs to hold on to and it can just release it. And, you know, what the soul releases is, you know, sometimes these big physical changes are, they're very dramatic. They make for, for great stories. But, you know, more subtly, what, what we get are um, more spiritual or emotional, mental changes as well. You know, sometimes you can help somebody to, to overcome issues around self-esteem, you know, self-worth yeah. issues that come from past lives. Uh, you've got a little bit of that that you're yeah. working through as, as well. And wow. That, How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friends on the other side. That time. And, and, and that's really funny because, you know, people would, would listen to you and they, they, they would, I, I'm sure you, you come across as extremely confident to most mm -hmm. people, but Probably. they don't know that it's been a journey yeah. and uh, it could be. You know, and again, one of these motivations, because the soul, as I say, it's not going to sit around and put up with having a block because of your fear. It wants to overcome it. So, yes. You know. Oh, I'm just so glad that you brought that up because, well, one, I haven't been able to really speak my truth until this podcast. It Something yeah. just went through me and I started saying all of these secrets I held inside that I only told very few people and I had a co-host at the time and her mouth just dropped she couldn't believe I exposed what I exposed on this podcast and then it just started to all come out in the podcast and they know that I I think that they know they could probably get a hint though yes it might appear very confident and like I have it all together I'm working through so much and that's why I share messages of insecurity and overcome these issues of self of low self-esteem um yeah. yeah that's a huge message that I share there wow yeah and it even goes to some of the the things that you've chosen in your personality for for this life this is something that I I look at when I'm working with somebody it, you know it would be one of the first things I would do is to look at the personality that you chose um, for this life. This is the soul types and influence yeah, uh, the soul that, types. that you choose. And uh, if we could talk about that for Absolutely, a minute, I'll, yes. I'll tell you a little bit more about you know, who you are. There are 10 soul types, which are kind of archetypes, if you like, that are, are based on your function over thousands of years if you think of going back even to the tribe you have these same 10 soul types and what's uh, actually really cosmic is that these these 10 soul types are universal I mean, everywhere in the right. universe that you have in souls with consciousness that you have those same 10 types um they 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 give your life a kind of form what you're doing is you're learning each time to be this certain kind of person it it will give you certain interests abilities aptitudes and so on and the great thing is that there's only 10 so it's actually really quite easy once you start to get the hang of it uh, to to make sense of it because you're not uh, although we we humans we look so diverse but really you know we're just 
which is composed of the same 10 elements, and sometimes not all 10, or usually it's just maybe five or four, five, six at the most, really. And so it actually, once you understand how each one uh, works on its own and then how it influences other parts, it, it becomes great fun reading people. I spent most of my life not watching TV. I, when I was younger, I just felt I've got loads of things to do. You know, I, I played in bands. I was an artist. I like to travel. And I just decided very early on I wasn't going to spend any of my life watching TV. Oh but my gosh. these days, you know, I, I do watch a little bit, you know, just, um, you know, Netflix or something. But <laughs> I, I watch things like baking shows and stuff just to watch the, the personalities. I pictured it being like a reality type show so you can see the human person. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I love doing it. So <laughs> 10 elements. You've got, let's see, one, two, three, four. You've got five. Uh, in there sort of in descending order but the the core of who you are is what's called a spiritualist type yep and most of my clients are spiritualist i mean uh, it's it's you know it's just every single day i'm working with spiritualist types because they're the ones drawn to this kind of work so what it does is it gives you an interest in spirituality uh and it, it what unites really every spiritualist is a desire for meaning they're looking for a higher purpose. You know, I mentioned that, you know, how you, you, you're not doing this for the money. Uh, and that would apply to most spiritualists, unless they're blocked in some way. It's always that underlying desire for some kind of higher purpose. And, you know, my typical client is maybe 40 years old and in the corporate world and looking to get out and do something that feels more meaningful. Wow, uh, 40 years in the corporate world. Well, I guess it would be maybe 20, yeah. but that as a spiritualist. Oh, yeah, and no the soul is kind of going, oh, my God. Unless they're, you know, they can make it work. Maybe if, it, if they're in HR, they feel that they're doing something that's really benefiting yeah. people. But really, if it's just about making money and paying the bills, uh, you start to get really dissatisfied after, usually it's after the mid-30s. So it's a roughly in the mid-30s the soul really starts to push through and go you know come on we got to we got to really be who we are and uh so that's why you know i get i i have this um cluster of clients all around 37 to 43 I mean, maybe half my clientele is in that zone and almost all of them spiritualist types like you seeking that higher purpose and so what we're doing is trying to then find well what is it they can do to to find meaning in their lives, you know, what sort of, some people just need a little nudge and other people need a radical shift, depends on where you, where you are. Yeah. Um, certainly the kind of work that you do is for a spiritualist type, terrific. My gosh, um, right. <laughs> it almost couldn't be better. Your primary influence. Oh, I, I will mention this in past lives. You learn to be a spiritualist through, um, kind of two areas really healing and spirituality and actually the spirit world sees the two being very connected um huh. you know we've, we've kind of lost touch of that a little bit with western medicine recently but you yeah. know they, they see a huge connection between spirituality and healing as in i was healing somebody or i experienced a great healing and then i tapped into this spiritual side yeah there's a lot of people who would uh, you know, when they're maybe working with somebody doing healing work, I'll find it with acupuncturists or people doing 
uh, Reiki or something like that, where suddenly they start tapping into past lives and <laughs> telling a client about what they're getting. Uh, wow. the, the, the things are kind of blurry on the on the other side. But you've had lives as a healer of all different kinds. You know, I'm sure you've been a you know a, a midwife, a, you know, herbalist. Oh my gosh, acupuncturist, that's so surgeon, You know, but also lives as a contemplative. As a more, you know, maybe priest, uh, nun, you know, that sort of thing. Because every so often, every spiritualist is looking for a past life of um, tranquility. It's like this, you know, you have a, almost like have a, f- a few dramatic lives and lots of going on, and then chill out for a little while, you know, and <laughs> spend some time in a monastery and just reconnect. Um, it's it's not quite as you know it's not like every three lifetimes if you go and do that uh, and your soul types do move around it so you're not not necessarily full blown spiritualist every time but it will always be one of one of the elements because this is something you've really been working on. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. Primary influence is that of a creator type. My primary influence. Yes. And that's sort of influencing the spiritualist in, in you. In a past life, you might have been the, you know, just designer, clothes designer, jewelry maker, potter, you know, lots of creative uh, lives to, to develop that. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a trait associated with creators, and, and that is sensitivity. And what that sensitivity does is it pushes the spiritualist more into the next realm. 
it's already kind of there. But what it does is it it increases your uh, ability to connect to the other side, and that shows up as strong intuition. And I would expect you, like most people, to have been learning that probably. Mm-hmm. You know, some lessons were times where you didn't listen to your intuition and you kind of wish now that you had. And uh, so, it happens in this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's a it's a work in progress. You yes. Know? It'll, it's just like practice, you know, and the more even again, journaling, it can be really interesting yeah. to look at times when you didn't listen to your intuition and times when you did. And look, look at the, the contrast. You know, it could be about choosing a relationship, you know, and your gut's telling you something and your head's telling you, well, it'll be fine. And then later you go, oh, I wish I'd listened to my oh, my gut, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it's it's good to like do a little bit of retrospective work from time to time. Now, here's the, the, the kicker. Here's, the, here's what's really interesting in your soul types, because you, you're, you know, you can, you come across very much as a spiritualist creator, very gentle, but you've got um, a really... A uh, tough element here. Uh, you've actually chosen a leader influence here, and I got that, that with your quiz too. <laughs> you did. You got that yeah. excellent. And when you get the creator and the leader, one the the word that comes up there is autonomy. You you cannot be micromanaged, and most people with this no. combination would would be self employed. It's just wow. You know, you, and and very much a leader, not a not a follower. Um. It gives you a little bit more masculine energy, which is translates into usually a little bit more drive. And that does help you to achieve things because the problem for a lot of very old souls like you is a lack of energy. It's inertia. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you've been around the block <laughs> all these times and it's just like, oh, I'm you're, tired. You know, like, oh God, yes. You know, I always <laughs> think of the baby coming into this, this world and the moment it's sort of like, it looks down and it sees itself and goes, oh crap, I'm a baby again. What was I thinking? <laughs> because, you know, it's, your soul's very neutral on the other side when it comes to choosing lives. It just wants to work on experiences, balancing things from, past lives it's when you get here sometimes things don't go quite as expected and sometimes that you can really feel like oh why did i choose to do this again but your soul was just it was saying well we need to learn lessons about self-expression and you know rejection powerlessness you know so we'll come in and we'll have these sort of experiences and uh, that's all part of the plan that it it creates for for the life so you you've got this a little bit more drive like i say um which which is good because you really will achieve things in this life the, you've got a very uh rational part in there it's called the thinker um, right. influence the thinker in the tribe would it be in the tribal intellectual or explorer it it's all about curiosity oh yeah and actually because of i, I want to get I don't want to get esoteric and, like it isn't, but, you know, I'm too esoteric. <laughs> I don't want to get esoteric, so, this podcast, but my spirit so guide said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but just but because of the way that it's, this all falls, what it means is for, that what you learn is what you want to apply. You don't want to get too caught up in theory uh, in this life or just learning for the sake of it. It's a feeling like, well, how can I use this? Again, it's related to that desire to really achieve things in this life and then interestingly uh, and kind of not surprisingly you've got a performer influence and that comes yeah. from life lifetimes as a 
everything from an actor to presenter to a dancer. Oh, I singer. knew it. <laughs> but, you know, things that people, you know, things that will put people in, in the spotlight. And, but it's got one other function here for you. And that is that your soul is really trying to make sure that you don't isolate. Oh my it's gosh! Trying, because because, that, because with the fear that's uh, the fear of rejection mostly yes. that you've got, the tendency is to internalize and isolate, and oh gotta make sure you don't, you don't do that. Me uh, so, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, traveling the world there, solo too to. And I realize it's to isolate myself from the world a lot of times, yet at the same time, I'll open up the podcast and talk to the world. It's such an interesting dichotomy. It's actually one of the things about being 80% into your soul age and working on this fear of rejection. It's a push and pull. It's a constant push and pull until you start to really work through it as you're doing now. And what what that means is that your soul it knows that you need to belong, but it also holds the fear that if you belong, you'll be rejected. So it's like you start to belong and it goes, oh, okay, this doesn't feel so right. And, yes. You know, it's oh. total push and pull. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often talk about a Cliff Notes way of looking at who you are. And if you want to hear that, I'll just give you the. the of course. The, everything in a, it. This is a total nutshell about your soul types. Um, but it applies to really anything you do. I mean, I'm often working with people on their day job, but this would apply to kind of just life in general that the spiritualist is looking for meaning the creator is looking for autonomy the leader is looking to lead and learn lessons in authority uh, or using authority responsibly the thinker wants to feel like you're growing in everything that you do so it's never static you know you're constantly moving forward and the performer wants an audience which uh, you know it's what you got right now which is yeah looks perfect to me wow and it's so you're you're mentioning the quiz, which is on my website, which is, you know, the soul type quiz. Yeah. And this is pretty close to how you, you were able to assess yourself there. Exactly. Like, that's why I'm, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be surprised, though. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> when performer wasn't coming up for a bit, I was like, I know that I also have that in me. <laughs> and then you said that. Yeah. And then everything was like, yep, spot on spot yeah. on and I just it resonates so deeply and especially when you said that I have this fear of rejection and that I tend to isolate myself that's truly my pattern in this lifetime since I yeah. was a child it's so yeah. interesting and I I grew up an only child though I have an older brother yeah it's so interesting well that's uh, that's interesting that you would choose uh, because you do choose your parents you choose your family can you be older than your parents, your soul? Oh, good God, all the time. Wow. Uh, it, you know, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting that I I find really interesting dynamics in families because of past lives. And one of them is that if your parent, let's say your mother was um, your daughter in a previous lifetime, then she'll end up expecting you to take on the role of the mother and this is often why you you get a parent who's one way with one child and completely different with the others they can they can just your mere presence reminds souls of the dynamic that you had in the past life and so they go into that i, I was working with somebody just the other day whose mother is sick and just you know expecting the, the child to uh 
you know, adult child, you know, to, to look, look after her and do all this stuff. And, um, and it comes from the past life, you know, it's like, uh, you, you were the mother who, who let me down. So I expect you to, you know, make up for it now, run after me. And wow, you know, yeah, fa- fascinating wow. stuff. Because, you know, often when I tell people you choose your parents and they choose you, it's like people go, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> um, I love my parents. I'm happy I chose them. But there is an which interesting is, which dynamic. Oh, yeah. Well, there's going to be. And that will tell you what you're working on. If you identify any patterns or what the dynamic is, it tells you what you're trying to heal in this life. You know, it, typically, if, if you come into a family where they... They put you down a lot, and I, I I actually write about somebody with this in my new book. Uh, I mean, it's just that parents were just like putting her down in all sorts of ways, uh, right from the time she could remember. You know, first time her her father made fun of her her weight, and uh, but she's working on those self worth issues. It's actually past life uh, fear of inferiority. And now you would think that the soul, if it's looking to to heal issues around self-worth, would come into a family where you get boosted and you get encouraged and supported. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's actually a fast track to to healing, if you like, to choose to have the, the fears triggered, especially when you get to be a really old soul because you, you're, the way your soul is looking at it is that you don't have a lot of time ahead. So you can't just come in and sit through the life and everything is just sweetness and light and hope that somehow you get the chance to work through the the issues. So that's where it's like, you know, I'll see somebody's working on betrayal uh, from a past life and they come in and they, they've got just like betrayal all over the place. You know, um, mother let them down, uh, you know, father left the family, um, first boyfriend cheated, second boyfriend did the same you know like you see the patterns and that you know is where you yeah you really need to heal this you know these issues around betrayal which will go back to the past and then to clear that out energetically and then it just completely changes how you are and that in turn changes how other people respond to you I am floored. Every fiber of my being is like radiating like, yes, finally, you know, and it makes sense to you. Wow. I think the, the wonderful thing about this work is that, you know, every life has a purpose and it's all laid out in your in the life plan that your soul created before before you were even born. And the, you know, people say, well, you know, you don't you don't remember these things, but you kind of do. And, you, and they say you don't remember your past lives, but you kind of do. It's just a question of really knowing what to look for. I think that's the, the, the biggest problem. But, you know, the the other thing I'm fond of saying is that your destiny is not a secret. There's no, um, there's no force on the other side trying to make this any harder than it is. Uh, but, you know, we don't know what we're looking for. And a big part of the problem is that so many of us just live lives that are so chaotic and noisy and we're never getting a chance to really kind of settle in and talk to the other side and listen to the small still voice of the soul Mm, because we've just got too much going on oh where we can get all of the answers i actually have a a very big question that has actually been on my mind since i was a child Uh, Mm -hmm. i understand that we all have a purpose to serve in this world as we've been talking about and right 
But why do we as souls or we as the universe, why did we dream up this idea of having a world with humans and that we need to live these lives as a humans and have many challenges and struggles and heartache or also just a lot of healing experiences? But what is the why didn't we just continue to live? Well, what I thought then was heaven, but just the astral or causal plane. Why did we dream up humanity? Why do humans exist? It's a it's a wonderful question. <laughs> the <laughs> there's no growth from just sitting there in spirit, and <laughs> the, the soul is just motivated to grow. It's it's that it's the prime directive, if you like. It's mm. I've got to evolve. I've got to grow. And that's what the whole journey is about. You know, when we talk about from young soul to old soul, it's a journey from me to we, from fear to love. And, you know, it shows up in all sorts of ways, shows up politically, shows up in social attitudes and so on. So the soul comes to the physical plane. And in this case, it comes to to Earth, chooses, you know, way back, it's roughly, roughly around 55,000 years ago that, uh, humans got the kind of souls, the level of consciousness that we have now, and that's why we sort of like suddenly we're we're off and running and you know creating tools and you know being creative and doing stuff that soul allows you to do. the The problem is it actually a lot of it goes to the soul types in the tribe. Everything functioned pretty well. You know, you had you had your leader to lead. You had your creators to you know, make the pottery or jewelry or whatever. You had the thinker to to figure out, you know, when to cultivate plants or, you know, how to how to figure out the seasons or what it, whatever it might be. Uh the performers to entertain everybody, you know, to tell the story of the the the, the hunt through um dance or mime or something. And um so if everyone was kind of fulfilled, you know, they were uh, you know, all doing what they're doing. As we we started to sort of, you know, d- develop cities and move around the world and so on, uh, things got a little bit screwed up in in that sort of way. And there's um, there's a level of greed that was not anticipated um, before this all happened. You know, like when you know, it's a little bit of a surprise to those on the other side that <clears throat> this is the way the world is. One thing my spirit guides say a lot is that the the world is not meant to be this way, and wow. that it should be so different, you know that. Oh. And if we just recognize the individuality and encouraged people to be uh, who they are, it would be a very different place. And if you know we were able to connect more, more spiritually and treat each other more kindly. You know what an amazing place, but the fact that we've got such inequality, cruelty, mm. uh, it was, you know, never, never meant to be that way. It was not what what was anticipated. We just come into it and think, oh, this is the way the world is, but it doesn't have to be this way, and it won't always be. But that's so interesting. So, uh, let's say a level one soul. Well, now let's say they graduated to a level two or three, and they kind of see the world as black and white. Yeah, they the world isn't supposed to be them seeing the world as black and white and having all these challenges and seeing humanity as against them or something. It's just something that yeah, kind us. of happened. 
Yeah, well, actually, that's the perspective, but that doesn't mean that that is how how it should be. I mean, again, the the the, the grown ups should be showing you know showing the way that um, you know, and and we are you know people. I I work with you know a lot of people who get very dispirited about the way things are politically right now, and you know they, mm-hmm. they they feel like you know practically giving up on things, but we are making progress. We're just we just hit a major bump in the road right now you know in this country uh, right now and even though right our now, leaders you know, are waking up and like seeing bombs in there right bombs. well you know what I mean this is this that's the major sort of bump in the road it's a, it's, a, it's a reaction to what's actually an increasing level of consciousness and awareness um, and and actually when we go through after we've gone through this period which will be maybe a little chaotic we will come out the other end you know learning that if we're going to survive we need to do things like taking care of the environment, you know, the world that we live in, and that we'll keep coming back to, um, and that we need to treat each other fairly because we could be on the other side of the, you know, the judicial coin or something in a in a future life. That, you know, and we're doing it not just you know for, you know, our what what we can get now right now, but you know for the future. I, I think if if people really understood reincarnation and the power of that, they would take much more care of uh, of the world and create a much fairer, much more equal world, knowing that they were going to come back. And the other thing is that we, we come back to experience talking to the other side of the coin, but karma causes us all the time to look for the other side of the, you know, of the, the sort of karmic coin there. So that, you know, if you've, um, well, you know, it's like you, I was saying earlier, you know, it's karma that you died in a prison and that now you want freedom, that you were the victim of injustice and now you want a fairer world, balancing, you know, one life um, with the next. So is it possible that the next life could be more challenging if this life is more free or do you think it's just going to evolve in a different way? I always stress that there's no punishment involved in karma. Mm. That, uh you know, if, and it is about balance, but it's uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a big one. Uh, but uh, I'll get well. I, there's an example I used in my second book, in the transformation, uh, talking about President Truman who dropped the bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, or was responsible. You know, the the buck stopped with him. And uh, as he was actually very fond of saying, I don't think he understood the karmic implications. <laughs> but in this life, he's or in, in the most immediate life, I think he was uh, after that. Um, he, oh, he was, yeah, so life in Russia where he grew up in a very toxic environment. Uh, everyone's got to have a soul. There's no punishment. But what the soul will do is say, well, you know, I, I caused all this radiation sickness and all this unhappiness. I need to see the other side of that. What does it look like to to be a victim of that kind of thing? So he came into a, a life in um, in Russia, a very toxic environment, and died of strontium ninety poisoning. And then the life—I think current life now—has been involved in the cleanup in in Chernobyl, where there was the nuclear reactor that uh, that melted down. So it's that sort of thing, you know. You 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 you've done something. You've got to see the consequences. So it's not just a sort of back and forth, you know. 
<laughs> good life, bad life thing. It's just right. it's, it's a little more complicated than that. But the the key is live a good life and you know be be good to be good to everyone. Um, yeah. You know, do the right thing, and that that will really you, your soul will thank you in the next. <laughs> yes, do it not only for the world and the betterment <laughs> of the world, but for your future soul. <laughs> How long do we hang out on the astral plane between lives? Because sometimes I think that the spirits that surround me are my friends and family who have died in the past. And then uh, yeah. I'll try to tune into them and I can't any longer. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe they were reincarnated. Maybe they're a that's, baby right now. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. You know, so we, um, it depends on how long people spend. It certainly can be measured in sort of human time. Uh, but it seems to be anything between weeks, weeks. and decades. It it depends. Wow. I have come across it, you know, sometimes where there's an opportunity coming up. The soul goes, oh, you know, I'd be waiting to work off some karma, work out things with this one particular person. She's about to have a baby. So, you know, I'll jump in there. Um, more often, it looks to me like uh, years. But I have seen that sort of, you know, even in one case, I I found somebody who saw the opportunity, died unexpectedly, and then um, came in when somebody was already, a soul was already there, the baby was about a year old, and he came in and just went, okay, hey, I, do you mind if I if I take over? It was an agreement between souls. I mean, these things are a little weird. And, oh, like a walk-in. sort of walk-in thing. Yeah, oh. yeah, I come across that from time to time, which usually it's, more often than not, it's about survival. That's so interesting. I do think one of my friends was a walk-in. Yeah, well, <laughs> I presume you noticed a difference in personality or it's just some kind of wow. shift, like a change. And sometimes I wonder if I was because I've had such a great yeah. shift. But I also think that a lot of my experiences from my past, my very, very human experiences from only five, six years ago are the reason why I am the way I am today. So probably not. Yeah. Well, it's uh, that's something we, we, we could talk about for, for next time. Yes, because you're going to be back in more. January. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll have a whole bunch more to talk to you about then. I know, because you're going to yeah. be releasing another book. Yes, the Old Souls Guidebook. <gasps> the Old Souls Guidebook, which is perfect, because I do believe that the majority of my audience are old souls. I don't know if I attract many young souls. <laughs> and yeah, again, definitely uh, you probably... know, that's true. <laughs> that's true you're like i know that's true and definitely spiritualists it's interesting there's a lot of old souls who are super young humans right now yes that's right and that's actually part of the shift that's going on this transformation which is a shift in consciousness that you're getting a lot of younger people coming in with a sort of a more innate awareness of things that have taken other generations a long time to figure out and it's just this, we're undergoing a big shift in consciousness, which will, uh, you know, it, it'll result in a different world uh, moving forward. But yeah, it's people like you that are on the sharp end of the, the transformation, you know, influencing people and, you know, bringing awareness of, you know, the importance of spirituality and, you know, having meaning in your life and, and so on. That's a big part of the change that's happening. Did my guides or your guides tell you my soul's mission? Uh, not as such. That's one we'll, we'll do next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll do next time. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Ainsley, thank you so much. Do you have time to answer two last questions that I ask of all course. my guests? Amazing. So 
The universe gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read? You know, I think something that I'd like to to get across, and I think this this is so important, that your destiny is not something that's out there that you may or may not discover if you're lucky. It's what you're living right now. And you can shape that in any way you want. Does that fit on a billboard? That will fit on a billboard and we'll just put it on the 405 where there's a lot of traffic. So they'll have time to read it. (laughs) And then this is the last question I ask all the Your Own Magic guests. How would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? Oh, Mm -hmm. I I think one is it it really comes back to uh, meditation, something that comes up all the time. And I would encourage everybody to get into a practice, but really have fun with it. Uh, you know, build an altar, focus <sighs> for your meditation. And, you know, so that it becomes a, a, a really, you know, big part of your life that, oh, yeah. you know, it's not just something you, you, you may remember to do once every couple of weeks, but that every day you have this place that you go to and you, you you focus. You put something to you know light a candle or whatever it is, and uh, and connect with the other side. And don't be afraid to ask questions and receive answers. I'm so happy that you said that to bring joy to the meditations because I think that a lot of people believe that you need to meditate in a very rigid way, like yes. they did back in the day. But it's better to just have fun and allow yourself to get into that zone your own way. Somebody asked the Dalai Lama what was the best way to meditate, and he said, whatever works for you. Ah, I love the Dalai Lama. (laughs) (laughs) That's an old soul for you. That is an old soul. Ainsley, thank you so much. Soul much. Wow. (laughs) Well, Raquel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the next time. I am so looking forward to the next time so much. I can't wait to share your magic again with the listeners. I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> well, lovely talking with you. So lovely. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group. Especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.